Come on, if you need a breakthrough up in here, let me hear you make some noise. Habakkuk 2.4 says the just shall live by faith. But how does one do that? Live by faith. Let's find out today on another edition of Faith to Live By with Pastor Larry Millender and Pastor James Salter. Thank you for joining us today. This is Pastor Larry Mellinder. I'm here with Pastor James Salter, and this is Faith to Live By. And our desire today is to bring you faith that you can truly live by, to to inspire you, encourage you in the Word of God that uh, you can live a victorious life, not to say you won't ever go through trials and tests, because we all do that. I mean, Jesus said, in the world you will have tests and trials, but he said, be of good cheer. For I've overcome the world, and if he has, then we we can too. We have, yeah. because the greater one lives inside of us. Yeah, I, I, again, I, to piggyback on that, I like how Jesus responded and, and finished the thought, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And so <clears throat> it is a, it is important, though, to know that uh, <clears throat> that God is good and that he wants the best for us, that he's pursuing us. I, I know we talked a little bit about that on the last broadcast, but... Uh, t- today, just to continue on the thought, um, every person um, here on planet Earth has the opportunity um, to have an encounter with Jesus that will actually change their life, Pastor Larry, and really give them a purpose and meaning for life. And so, you know, I, d- I just had a thought: how 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 do as believers what what does it mean to live a fulfilled life? And um, I know that there, there's a lot of answers to that, but, um, you know, maybe we can take just a moment, you know, why does it matter if God's good? Why does it matter if God's pursuing us? Um, what is life really all about? You know, why, why am I here? What brings fulfillment? And I think more people have these questions than, than we're really aware of. And um, un- until we understand that, um, God has a pre-designed intention for all of our lives um, until we know we uh, we have a purpose, we're here on purpose. Until we know that, I think many times we just kind of drift in life. And um, there's no one here on earth by accident. And I believe that with all my heart. And um, so the only way that we can find out about our purpose is we've got to go to the one who created us because he knew the purpose in his design for us. And I know God's looking for a family. Well, let, let me read something. You preached on this two Wednesday nights, a row at church. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, comma, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I was studying that some couple of months ago when I did a Wednesday night there at uh, Summit Life and will change your mind, change your life. And what I came to realize through studying that was that if we are to change our mind about anything, we have to have a revelation of God's word. Mm-hmm. Only the revelation, the truth of the word will encourage us and inspire us to change our mind. You know, we change our mind by the word of God because the word is true. And as I was studying that, I saw in, in the scripture that he said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind by revelation that you receive. Mm -hmm. Thank God for revelation knowledge. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Holy Spirit comes to teach us and to reveal things to us, the truth of God. 
so I saw in that study when I was doing it, haven't preached this yet, but probably need to, that we can only prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God in our life by the revelation knowledge that we receive of Him. People sit in church services year after year after year, week after week, month after month, and never embrace a revelation. Mm-hmm. They are just living by something they've been taught. A lot of times in church, people just live by the traditional things that have been given to them over their life from being in the church. Well, Grandma believed this. Mm-hmm. Uncle Johnny believed this. Mm-hmm. My mama believed this. So therefore, I believe it. Mm-hmm. And if you had to get them to expound on it, they couldn't really tell you what they believe because it's traditional things been handed down to them and it's not revelation knowledge to them. So if we're going to change our life by changing our mind, we can only do it by the truth of God's word that's revealed to us. Last Wednesday night, you were gone. Uh, Your assistant, Pastor Chris, one of the most outstanding messages I ever heard in my life. My God, I sat there thinking, I wish he could teach this to the whole church body universal. And he was talking about the things that we believe that the word doesn't say. And it was good. And I, I thought, man, this is something I thought about for so many years that people gravitate towards something that somebody else has told them instead of what the word of God says is truth. Mm-hmm. And only the revelation knowledge of the word of God and only the revelation knowledge of the Holy Spirit speaking in our life is going to enable us and equip us to be able to change our life to be everything that God has called us to be. Yeah, I mean, and too many times uh, people will, will live their life based off someone else's experiences. I remember years ago um, at uh, back when um, the ministry was Abundant Life Fellowship on the, uh, the building on Capitol Circle Northwest. I remember... Uh, ministering there uh, one service and uh, the, the Lord spoke to me before the service that you can't base I couldn't base my future expectation on my past experiences and I think sometimes we we allow the, the past to govern too much of our of our future and um, just just because someone experienced something doesn't in, in a negative sense is what I'm saying here doesn't mean it's going to happen to you and, um, and, and so we've really got to learn to, to live our life out of light, out of truth, out of the, the word of God, because my personally, I've set my faith on the Lord Jesus and his word, that his word is the highest form of revelatory truth and, and trumps everything else that may try to speak its voice, anything different than what he said. You know, there's a scripture. We've heard it. I've heard countless sermons through 45 years of living for God in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And it's the words of Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. A lot of times we just use that scripture as a salvation type of message. You know, well, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. You open the door and he's going to come in. But that's in every area of our life. I think that Jesus is standing at the door of our life. Even for those of us who are born again, spirit filled, walk with God, preach the gospel. He stands at the door of our life every day. Can it kind of come in? I've got something better for you. I've got something new for you. I've got a new walk for you. I've got greater blessings for you. And a lot of times he's standing at the door knocking, so to speak, but we don't open the door. We don't open the door. And, the reason sometimes we don't open the door is because we say, well, I'm not good enough. 
I, I've made a mistake. I failed. I sinned. Well, who hasn't sinned? We've all yeah. sinned. The psalmist said, Lord, if you kept a record of our wrongs and marked iniquity, who could stand? Yeah. None of us could. We can't be good enough to get God to bless us. We can't be bad enough to cause him not to. Mm-hmm. So that's the truth of the matter. But I think he stands at the door of our life every day waiting for us to make a decision. And man, here, here's a revelation. Here, here's a revelation. God has already made the decision to bless us. We have to make a decision to let him. Mm-hmm. Isn't that good? Because mm-hmm. he's already made it. Jesus came and died. He lived and died and sacrificed for us so that we could experience all the goodness of God. And you said it earlier. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repent. You know, Jesus said it this way. He said, if we be in evil, know how to do good things, give good things, aren't you? How much more will our Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So I believe that the Lord himself daily well, the Bible says that daily he loads us with benefits. Yeah, yeah. It's a daily thing. Yeah. That he's always wanting access into our life if we will let him. That's where we choose the whosoever yeah. type of thing we've been sharing about. See, you know, we started, the, you know, I started talking about purpose in the beginning and trying to answer some questions. And I want to answer the purpose question real quick because if you look at Genesis uh, in, in the beginning when, when God created uh, everything and when it got down to to, to Adam, to man. The Bible's very clear that he made Adam in his image and in his likeness. And um, so really, I'm telling you, Pastor Larry, just stick with me here just for a second. Our pre-designed intention or our purpose from our Heavenly Father has always been to be an image bearer. I mean, we were created to be image bearers uh, of the presence of, of God. Now, I've got I've got two amazing teenagers. Well, most of the time, anyway, I got two I got two teenagers. Two teenagers. I got two teenagers. Uh, school just started back here in Wakulla County, and so they're both in high school this year. Tyler's in eleventh grade. Anna Grace is in ninth grade. And um, but both of them have have qualities and re and have resemblances of me. Okay, so what that simply means is that they're bearing my image to a certain degree. They're image bearers of their father. Do you know the only way that that can take place? And that's this for them to be in my family, come from my lineage. They are my prodigy. And so this is what I want to submit to to, to us this on this broadcast if, if our pre-designed intention for our life was to be image bearers and the only way that we could bear someone's image is to be in their lineage and that just simply means that we're in the family. God's purpose for all of our lives, Pastor Larry, is to be in his family. That, that's it. Everything. And, and Jesus is the one that brought us back into the family. And so anyone can have a Jesus encounter. Anyone can experience the new birth. Anyone can experience transformation and change. And 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 anyone can make a decision to have from this moment forward a different kind of life than what they had up to this moment. We've been designed to be image bearers. We're in his family. That that's the purpose of God for our life. He's looking for a family. Well, being in his family, just like a natural family, your kids are in your family, but they have come from your seed. 
that come from your, they have your DNA. Mm-hmm. They have your genetic makeup. Mm-hmm. When we get born again, now, I, I have over the last four, five, six years, I have been drawn repeatedly back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it says this, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. I have been drawn to that scripture over and over and over. I think for a lot of years, we just said, okay, you're you're a new creature in Christ. Mm -hmm. But there's more to it than that. There's so much more to it than that. As a new creature in Christ, it means that you have been brought out of darkness Mm -hmm. into light. Mm -hmm. You've been brought from death into life. You've been brought from cursing into blessing. Mm -hmm. You've been brought from being alienated from God to being in his family. Mm -hmm. So as a new creature in, in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You have been born again. Man, I think sometimes we, we jump over that too much. And the born again experience, what we call being saved, is the regeneration. It's the new birth. When you get born again, th- there's a great transformation that takes place, Pastor James. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we don't recognize all that transpired in the new creation of becoming a Christian. If, if When you got saved, if you weighed 300 pounds, the day after you got saved, you still weighed 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have any hair on your head the, before you got saved, you, you still didn't have hair on your head. I, I, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of that changed. What changed was the spiritual part of us. Our, mm-hmm. our spirit man received Christ. We became born again. We become a new creature in Christ. And when, when we get born again, God does that for a purpose. Mm-hmm. There is a reason for the new life, the new birth. And it's to live the God life. It's to live the God kind of life mm-hmm. here on planet Earth. I think a lot of times people think, well, I got saved, this is my ticket to heaven. But my God, the kingdom of earth is here, the kingdom of heaven is here on this earth. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, Thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So when we get born again, God is calling us to live the kingdom life here on earth, this earth. It's not that we're just got a born again ticket to escape hell. It's that we can live the God life here on this earth and we can live like him and be image bearers of his. Mm-hmm. Paul said it this way. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Boy, what a powerful truth and what a powerful statement is that as the image bearers of God, we get to walk out the God kind of life here on planet earth with him living in us. You know, it's in him that I live, mm-hmm. in him that I move, in him that I have my being. But if you reverse that around and say, it's in me that he lives, it's in me that he has his being, mm-hmm. it's in me that he moves. Mm-hmm. So we have that God experience through the new birth of living the God life here on planet Earth. It's the reason we can change. I mean, thank God when people get saved, they have the ability and the capacity of God in their life to change things. Yeah. They don't have to continue being what they used to be. And that's the sad thing is that we see people make a decision for Christ. They never change. They're right. the same. They, did, they didn't make any decision, any determination, or let any of the principles of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, be applied in their life so they can live on a higher plane. They can live on a new level. They can live a better life. Mm-hmm a far better life, a greater life with Christ living in them. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He lives in me. It's in him that I live. So 
that's one of the purposes yeah. that we're doing on earth is we get to exhibit God to this planet yeah. by living the God life here yeah. on earth. Well, when, when we experience the new birth or, or the born again experience or get saved, whatever terminology, um, I'm just, I, I just like declaring, just having your Jesus encounter, which is, oh, by the way, it's not just a one time event in life and all of a sudden we just hold on until we die and go to heaven and really get to know Jesus. This Jesus encounter, once it once the door was opened, it remains open. And and that's an important aspect of our, our lives that we don't talk about, which is devotion, which is intimacy with the Lord Jesus. We don't you know we don't talk much about that, but we're in a relationship. We're in a we're in a communion here. We're we're in a family. And um, but that happens through through the new birth. But it's very interesting there. You you, you referred to Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen, where it says, "If any man be in Christ." Out of the Message translation, Pastor Larry says this. Now, when we look on the inside, and what and and what we see is that anyone united united with the Messiah gets a brand new, fresh start. And when you look at the word creature. It actually means uh, the root of it means a manufacturer because he owns it, makes it the way that he wants it to be made. So he forms and creates something that didn't exist, but the blueprints was what was in his heart. And so when when we think about us being a new a new creature in Christ, what that means is there there is a a disposition in in Jesus when we come into Him that now becomes the baseline for for our spiritual journey and relationship. Um, not what religion says, not what the world says, but Jesus becomes the baseline. We, we are a new creature. I, I said Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, that um, God even has the ability, I mean, if we're made in the image of God and he breathed life into us, then then we, we have, I'm telling you, some God DNA and God ma- molecules in us, I mean, we we have to. Well, it's like it's it's kind of like this. Uh, I was thinking as you're sharing that, that, my God, what a truth! Ephesians chapter two verse ten says, "For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them." And thinking that being that image bearer, being that God revealer, what God reveals Himself yeah. in us, then we reveal God back to the world. If you took a form in your yard, just say you took a form and you formed it up into the shape of a star and it was 10 foot across and you put it out here, you made it out of two befores, you put it in the yard and you poured concrete in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you mixed concrete, poured it into that form. Within a day, you could take the form off of that star, shape of that star, and guess what would be there? the shape of a star because what was poured in there was poured into a pattern. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus is the pattern for our life. You know, we have his DNA. We are formed by him. He, Jeremiah said it best in Jeremiah. He said, I went down to the potter's house, beheld the potter at the wheel. Mm -hmm. He said, he said at the wheel and the clay that was in his hands was marred. It said, and the potter began to reshape the clay into another vessel. It seemed best to him. Well, that's what God does in our life. He, we're the clay. He's the potter. We're not the potter. Yeah. I'm just telling you today. We're not the potter. We're the clay. 
the clay doesn't get to decide what it wants to be. The potter determines that because yeah. he's shaping it and molding it and making it in what he wants it to be. Well, we being that workmanship, God wants to exhibit himself in us, through us, to other people. So we being image bearers, we have the, the spirit of God, the nature of God, the ability of God. Everything that God is is living inside of us. Mm-hmm. It's in us. We're the new creation. We're the mm-hmm. new creature. We're, we're a new being. One translation says a, a brand new species that and never before yeah. existed. Yeah. So Jesus is the pattern. He's the pattern son. I remember reading a book by Bill Britton way back in early 80s called The Pattern Son. Jesus is the pattern son that we being born again get to exhibit his life, his nature, and his ability here on this earth. The kingdom come. I mean, the kingdom is not going to fall out of heaven to the earth, the kingdom is going to be revealed to the earth through the sun, yes. through us. Yeah. We are the expression of God in this earth that Jesus lives in us and he expresses himself through us to those around us mm-hmm. every day. Well, you know, and I was just looking up uh, there in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 20, uh, chapter, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 27, looking like he said, how God said, let us make man in our image. So God created man in his image and in the image of God created he, him, male and female. And, and so we know that Adam and Eve were, was covered with the glory of God. They were in his image, image bearers. But what was lost when, 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 when sin took place, what was lost? The Bible says that their image, the glory was lost. What did Jesus come to do? He come to restore, restore the image that the first Adam lost. And so, again, I'm telling you, we're 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 here in the family of God, the sons and daughters of God, to re- reflect His image in the earth until all the nations become the nations of His and His dear Son Jesus. Well, that's powerful. Yeah. You know, if if the church world ever realizes its true identity and who it is, mm-hmm. who we are. Mm-hmm. In Christ, it would impact this world in a measure that the world's never known. You know, the disciples went out and they were renowned in Acts as the ones who came and turned the world upside down. Yeah. They were having such an impact, yeah. but it, because they had a fresh revelation of Christ, they had walked with Him. I mean, think about the three that were there when He experienced what we call the Great Transformation. It blew their mind mm-hmm. what they experienced that day. But we can have that type of relationship and experience with Christ that that He is so real in our life and He's working in our life. He He's He's enabling us, equipping us every day. You know, there, there's none of us that should ever be defeated. We we should not live defeated lives. De- defeat should not even be in our vocabulary because the greater one lives on the inside of us. Well, we may we may get knocked down, but we're not going to get knocked out in Jesus. I mean, we're going to get up. Uh, but while you while you were talking there, Pastor, I just I just had this I just had this thought that especially within the the church world, it just you know through people you know through different eschatological beliefs and things like that. Um, I think that the church, the ecclesia, has kind of bought into this I don't know escape mentality, and I'm not in a hurry to get out of here. I want to fulfill and accomplish and, and reflect the image as broad as I can in my journey here. And and so I think sometimes we, we fail to forget that we're here for such a time as this. And um, 
again, you said it a while ago, man, the kingdom of God is on the inside of the people of God here on earth. And, and, and the intention is the kingdom that's in us is to be manifested in the world. And, and for there to be a, a mass world awakening, if you will, where all the nations become the nations of Jesus. I mean, that's, that's the heart of God. You know, Jesus even addressed that issue. He said, some will come and say, well, you know, lo, the kingdom is here. Lo, the kingdom is there. Yeah. And he said, for the kingdom of heaven cometh not with observation, for the kingdom is within you. So we have that kingdom of God on the inside of us. Paul defined it. He said, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we have the nature of God, the spirit of God dwelling on the inside of us in that regenerated new birth experience we give up the old we embrace the new we give up the old life for the new life the, the life of God I think back on my own life now Pastor James I'm about to turn 65 still just a young young buck yes but I think back 45 years ago when I came to Christ man my life was a mess I just think back, you know, I'd gone through those teenage years. My mother died when I was 14. My brother died when I was 15. My dad died when I was 16. Got into to wild living, drinking, carousing, drugs, all kind of stuff. Not proud of any of that. Not proud of it any of anything. I'm not ashamed of it, though. Yeah. A few years ago, the Lord told me, said, don't be ashamed of that. So those things that you were in, the very reason it pushed you to me, because I was in something that I couldn't get myself out of, that it would take God to get me out of that. So even though I'm not proud of that life, I'm not ashamed of that life because because of that life of selfishness and sinfulness I was living, it compelled me to move to God. Mm-hmm. He was drawing me. But I, I think back over these 45 years, then it seemed like they were gone like snap of a finger. Yeah. Think back to what I used to be, to who I am now. Mm-hmm. God, it's... And all I can say, what a transformation. What what a transformation. Remember, I think it was our 15-year high school get-together reunion. Those who graduated Carabelle High School, we got together at Julia Mays Restaurant in Carabelle years ago. 15 years, I remember a couple of people said to me, said, out of all the people in our class, it's hard for me to believe that you're the one that became a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> the most unlikely <laughs> to be that I said I'm as shocked as you are I mean I'm I'm shocked myself but what God can do in a person's life is phenomenal that he can turn someone around whose life is totally messed up and with no hope He, he takes the no hope and he gives hope he takes the no future and he gives you a future he takes the no purpose and he puts in you a purpose. Right. So I think we have to choose that. You know, it's what we choose. I know when Elaine and I came to the Lord in that great revival at Carabelle First Assembly of God, back from 1973 to 1975, there was almost two years of revival. Hundreds and hundreds of people in Carabelle came to Christ. And I remember after a year or two, I looked around and said, where are they? Where did they go? Well, they chose to walk with God. They chose to have an experience with God, right. but they didn't choose to keep it. And I think that's where a lot of people miss it, is that they don't make the decision to keep moving forward to God yeah. and to keep letting Him work in their life. I know we're almost out of time here, but I would just uh, having this thought, like um, God even knows how to take 
the hard places of our life, Pastor Larry. Um, matter of fact, you know, there's a few verses in the Old Testament that talk about how, that talks about how God can can make a, a wilderness bloom, and He knows how to use the, the the tough spots of life to fabricate and, and weave an entrance in, into our life to get us back to our pre-designed intention and His purpose in Him. And I'm thankful again for that aspect of Him that He's a pursuer and trying and will continue to reveal himself to all of humanity because he wants the best for us because he's good. Well, God's good and he's good all the time. We sing that little song, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. So we want to leave you with that thought today that no matter where you are in your life, what you're going through, what you're facing, you may be in some of the most difficult times of your life. You may feel like you're doing it all alone, but you're not. Because the, the word says, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So we want to encourage you today to keep on keeping on. Don't give up on the brink of a miracle. Don't quit at the threshold of your breakthrough. You've invested too much to lose. You've been listening to Faith to Live By with Larry Mellender and James Salter. Larry is the senior pastor of Church 360 in Tallahassee, and you're invited to join them for Sunday services at 9 a.m. and Wednesday services at 6.30 p.m. And find them online at church360.life. James is the senior pastor of Summit Life Church in Crawfordville, with Sunday morning prayer at 8 a.m. and worship at 10.30 a.m., and Wednesday Life Group is at 7 p.m. Find them online at summitlifechurch.net. To hear past programs, look up Faith to Live By in your podcast app. And join us every Thursday at 1130 for Faith to Live By here on Wave 94.